coming up tonight. It'll be 3-0 Iowa hosting 3-0 Penn State. I had a chance to talk with the Hawkeyes head coach, Kirk Ferentz, earlier this week. I talked about that 3-0 start with a convincing win over Wyoming, a nail-biter in Ames over Iowa State, and a nice win over North Texas. What has he learned about his team thus far? Yeah, it really has. And, and uh, you know, typically we, we uh, you know, we always lose some good players from the year before. Uh, and then so the, as a result, you know, we have a lot of uh, typically young and inexperienced players playing early in the season. And so every every opportunity to play and compete is important to us, uh, just like every practice is. But, uh, you know, I think our youth and inexperience has showed up over the three weeks. But one, one good thing about this team, uh, they've really done a nice job of uh, – uh, handling the bumps that have come their way. Unfortunately, a lot of the bumps have been self-inflicted, but uh, at least we, we've had a chance to really respond in a positive way, whether it was turning the ball over our first game. We turned it over four times, and the defense kind of uh, you know, really uh, bailed us out. And then uh, you know, the next week we, we uh, gave up more points than we certainly would care to, and uh, the offense responded with some really long drives. So I've seen a lot of good, you know, good growth and development. Uh, we've also had some learning experiences, and that's usually how it is in September for us. You know, it's interesting. You've come together pretty quickly in some sense, in, especially in the fact that you have great depth. You've had some big injuries. Ike Butker is uh, is one of them. Uh, but it's great to have the depth, not as much when you have to use it. But so far, uh, the, you know, the guys who have been pressed into action have played very, very well. What does that say about your team? Well, they really have, and that that's uh, it's been good to see. And, um, you know, I just, I'm hopeful that, uh, the injuries, uh, slow down here a little bit because we're, we're getting stretched a little bit thin right now. But, uh, you mentioned Mike Bacher. We lost him two weeks ago. He's a, uh, just an outstanding senior lineman started a couple of years for us. So certainly we're counting on him to, to play well, but also give us that leadership that, that seniors do. So that's a big loss. And then last week we lost James Butler, uh, transfer running back, who's just done an outstanding job and had two first year players, uh, one redshirt freshman and a true freshman step in and do a good job there. So it's, uh, you know, we're uh, seeing good responses, but I just, again, I hope we can minimize uh, the, the, you know, the injury part of things. And then, you know, right along with that, I mentioned the graduation. You lose a quarterback like C.J. Beathard, who's an outstanding player, and uh, Nate Stanley's really done a good job in his first three games. Uh, it hasn't been perfect, but he's done a lot of good things for us. Well, 10 TDs in the first three games, best first three-game stretch in 30 years, only one interception, and also a new offensive coordinator. Your staff hasn't undergone a lot of changes over the years. Of course, uh, your son taking over as offensive coordinator, but it's been a very nice start. Are you impressed at how quickly that's come together? Yeah, you know, I've been really fortunate. One thing, you hang around somewhere. This is my 19th year here uh, back. I was here as an assistant for nine years, and so as a result, to your point, yeah, we haven't we haven't had a lot of transition. We've had two defensive coordinators in 19 years, and now our third offensive coordinator. And you know, Brian, uh, you know, I had the, the good fortune, uh, you know, I've worked with him uh, since 2012, and um, it was it was good to see the growth that he had he had made, you know, being away from here uh, for a while, and came back and did a really nice job. And I was I was convinced uh, last January that he was he was more than ready for it when Greg decided to retire. Greg Davis, an outstanding coach, decided to retire. Um, you know, Brian seemed like the logical choice, and, and he's you know he's really done a nice job. And it's it's you know it's like anything in football, though it's a team effort. We've got Ken O'Keefe back, who was our first offensive coordinator for the 13 years. He's been a great resource for Brian. Uh, Tim Polisek was coordinator up at uh, North Dakota State last couple of years. He's he's uh, joined our staff. Um, you know, so it's it's really good to have that kind of experience in the room. And Kelton Copeland's another new addition, our receiver coach, and. LeVar Woods uh, coaches our tight end. So it's it's really a great group effort. Talking with Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, you know, you 
mentioned it just a second ago, so I want to touch on it a little more. Uh, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers uniforms, or at least they're modeled after it. The Steelers have had three coaches since 1969. You are the longest current tenured coach and only two coaches at Iowa since 1979, you and Hayden Fry. What has been the key to you know, just keeping that model of stability? You know, it's kind of interesting, and, and a lot of stuff happens in life uh, is coincidental. I, I grew up in that part of the country. Uh, you know, we moved to Pittsburgh. Uh, our family did when I was in third grade. So, um, you know, I've been a longtime Steeler fan and been a longtime admirer of their organization. And uh, it's amazing more people haven't figured that out. But uh, to me, the Steelers are the model of consistency in pro football. Uh, and that, that's an arena where consistency is uh, not, not a word used real, real frequently, or at least continuity, I should say. Um, and and uh, that's one of the reasons I feel so fortunate to be here. When I came here as an assistant in 81, I had no idea what I was walking into. I didn't, I didn't even know where I was. I had to look on a map. And uh, when I came out here, both my wife and I discovered what a wonderful place it is to live. Uh, it's a great place to coach college football. And I think it's a great place for uh, college students to go to school and certainly uh, student athletes. So um, I feel very, very fortunate. Uh, coach Fry was here for 20 years. I was, I was really fortunate to work for him and work underneath him. And then to follow him is, is just a, it's a real privilege. And uh, the other thing I think it makes us so unique, we've only had three athletic directors since 1970, and there's nobody in the country that even comes close to that. So uh, it's nice to come into work every day just kind of knowing that you're in a stable environment. You know what the leadership would expect from you on campus. And uh, fortunately, I think it's been a really good marriage, uh, you know, philosophically, just in a lot of ways I think we've, We've really meshed well. You know, you've been a, been a big part of the community. You'd recently donated a million dollars to the Children's Hospital. Uh, and you once said that coaching wasn't exactly a dream job. Did you ever envision that it would work out so perfectly for you? Yeah, you know, really what coaching is a dream job for me. That's, that's all I've ever wanted to do, uh, at least since 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And But being a head coach was never my dream. And uh, so... It, it just came uh, my way. It wasn't uh, any master plan by any stretch. It really was not something I was uh, seeking or, uh, you know, had on my goal list. Uh, I've never really kind of lived that way. I've just tried to do uh, do the best I can at what I'm doing every day and then kept keep it pretty simple. And so it's just it's really all kind of a, a matter of circumstance the way things all panned out. But uh, the one thing I, I've really appreciated, uh, you know, obviously football is very important to me in my life. It has been. It's It's been my life. Uh, but also the most important thing is my family, like most people. And, you know, I was given us an opportunity, my wife and I, Mary, uh, to to really have a great professional experience, but more importantly have a, a, a family experience as well. And I feel extremely fortunate to, you know, not many coaches can say they had five kids graduate from one high school. Uh, and then, you know, all five of our kids have degrees from the University of Iowa, and our three boys all played in the program. So those are things that really are hard to, you know, hard to put a price tag on and, uh, you know, the other part I've really enjoyed is allowed us two things: allowed our kids to know where home is, and that that's tough in this profession. And it's also allowed us to be members of the community, not just people that work here or live here. So, uh, to me, it's we've kind of had the best of both worlds, and I feel really, really, uh, just you know, extremely fortunate in that regard. Talking with Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, his three and zero Hawkeyes host Penn State on a Saturday night at Kinnick Stadium, and there is something magical and unmistakable about Saturday night in Iowa City. How do you? describe that atmosphere you know i'll go back to to 1981 when uh you know i came here as an assistant we, we opened up against the top 10 team uh, and it had been 19 straight years of losing football here coach fry uh, that's what he walked into so you know it took him three years to, to put iowa not only in a bowl game but the rose bowl and 1981 is when it all started uh and so i remember coming in my first time in kinnick it was sold out and you know growing up in pittsburgh like you know they, they don't support teams if they're not doing well 
and uh, like most places. So I said, boy, these people are really crazy or they're not very smart. You know, I mean, I can't believe they're all here to watch a team that hasn't won. But uh, our fans are really special. Kinnick is a very special environment. And then when you, when you uh, the sun goes down and the lights come on, it's just even better, you know. And I think, uh, you know, it takes a lot of us back to our high school football days or something really exciting about that. Uh, I just can't describe the, the electricity and the, the, the mood that uh, you feel when you're in a Kinnick Stadium at night. It definitely translates on television. There's no question about that. I can only imagine what it's like to be there. You, you face a Penn State team, though, this Saturday that's not only the defending conference champs, but one that beat you pretty handily last year. They're a year better now, and they have not one, not one but two Heisman candidates in their backfield. You know, How do you approach this one, and how, how can you limit them? Well, you know, the first thing is we have to play our best football. It starts there, and that 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 was our problem last year. And um, you know, we, we unfortunately in my time I've been involved, like most people that have uh, been in sports for a while. Uh, you got a couple of memorable games, and that that certainly was one. And uh, you know, when you play a team that's outstanding like Penn State was last year, and it's interesting at this time, uh, not exactly this time, but early in the season last year, they were a two and two football team. Yeah, and they got knocked off uh, pretty pretty handily uh, in their first conference game last year, and then just progressively got better and better. And by late October, they they were humming. And so, it was a situation where we were playing a team that was really had it going. Uh, they were at home, and it was a night game for them, and they had it going. And and we never uh, never showed up for the fight. And we did the same thing in uh, 2004 down at Arizona State. Unfortunately, it was a night game there too. And uh, we'd beaten them the year before, and we never got our hands up on them. We, we got nailed really badly, and uh, very similar playing rides home. So, uh, you know, it's it's a week-to-week proposition, but the, the moral of the story is if you're going to play a team as talented and as experienced and well-coached as Penn State, uh, you, you better be playing your absolute best to even have a chance, a remote chance, and that's what it's going to take for us this Saturday. You know, you start the conference season, as I mentioned, with the defending champs and have a very tough back end. How tough is it in this conference week to week? I mean, people always talk about the toughest and the best conferences in the nation. Well, I don't think there's any one more physical than the Big Ten, and and you have such a grueling stretch of teams week after week after week. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree, and I think that's one of the things about about conference football. Um, You know, it it is different, and uh, when you move into conference play, uh, particularly when, you know, I think all, all across the country, you're just seeing such, uh, there's so many good players and such good coaching going on right now. And that, that certainly is, I'm, I'm more familiar with our, our conference. And, uh, you know, we have tremendous coaching top to bottom. And, and you got a lot of good players top to bottom. And uh, so when you get into conference play, you know, the challenge really is to be ready each and every week, whether you're kicking it off at 11 o'clock or 7 o'clock. Or, you know, that's going to vary, but uh, the thing that doesn't vary is if, if you're not ready to go at your absolute best like we weren't a year ago in uh, State College, uh, you know, you, you run the risk of, uh, you know, having a bad outcome, a real bad outcome. So, But that that's the challenge of the game, and that, that's the beauty of it all, and, uh, you know, it's the challenge that's in front of us right now. You know, you have had a tremendous career out of uh, developing players. I mean, that's a, a staple of Iowa football, taking unheralded players and having them blossom under your watch. And there have been so many, but one in particular uh, that I look at today is Akram Wadley from the inner city of Newark, uh, which is not exactly a football hotbed. I mean, if people could see what he came from and where he is now, trying to get a second straight 1,000-yard season, he's about a quarter of the way there in just three games, and now he's a, key, a team captain. You know, how has he embraced all of this? Well, he's a tremendous young man, first and foremost. Uh, comes from a great family. Uh, his mom has just been so supportive. And uh, it's interesting how history goes. And for, first point is we, we'd be okay, you know, getting more four- and five-star guys. It's just uh, not the nature of our place. You know, we, we, uh, we've we never been that type of program. We rarely 
uh, if ever, finishing the top 10, 20 or 25 in recruiting. That's just not the, the way it works here. So we, we better be good at developing guys because that's kind of the deal. And but part part of it is recruiting and, and knowing who you can trust and who, who uh, you know who you can really rely upon. And, and Akram's a great story, actually. Uh, Coach Frank Verducci coached at Beringer for a long time in Newark. Um, actually, uh, back in the early 80s, he was. He was a guy Bernie White used to recruit out in Jersey. Bernie's a Long Island guy and uh, did a great job recruiting out east for us and recruited players like Ronnie Harmon, Andre Tippett right on through. And uh, Coach Verducci actually had four captains uh, that played for us uh, in the 80s, 70s and 80s uh, from Beringer High School, Andre Tippett being one NFL Hall of Famer. So uh, Coach Verducci, you know, circled back, called us uh, several years ago. Uh, he was volunteering at Weekway High School and helping out a little bit and mentoring and uh, knew about Akram and called and said he thought this kid was being overlooked. Uh, we talked to Coach Logan over there, and Coach Logan had nothing but great things to say about Akram. And, uh, we thought he was an excellent player. He's just skinny. You know, at that time, he probably weighed 165 pounds, something like that. But that's why we have a strength program. And uh, Akram's come in and just done a wonderful job. And we've got a, a freshman from Weekway right now, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who's really done a nice job in his first three games as well. And like Akram, he's skinny right now, but he'll, he'll grow up and uh, but has a great football mentality and personality. So... Yeah, that, that's kind of how we have to recruit. We've got to find guys that maybe are, are flying a little bit below the radar, and uh, it sure helps when you have people like Coach Verducci, who uh, was so respected in that community as a coach and a mentor, and then also understands our program, what our program's all about. So he was the one that really told us uh, he thought Akram would be a good fit with us. Well, Coach, you're five wins away from tying Hayden Fry as the all-time winningest coach in Iowa history. You're currently leading uh, the longest-tenured coach in college football. It's been a great run so far for you. We hope it continues for many, many more years. We certainly wish you the best of luck this weekend and appreciate the time. Yeah, I just hope I can make five more games, let alone win five games. So uh, <laughs> that, that's the goal right now. We're just going to try to get through Saturday. But it, it, uh, in all seriousness, it's, uh, it's a great, great challenge for us. But uh, yeah, what an opportunity and, and an opportunity to play on national TV uh, against a top-notch opponent. You know, I mean, what else can you ask for? And that, that's the fun of college football. So yeah, we, we know what's facing us right now, but we also are, are really looking forward to the challenge. What a joy it is to interview Kirk Ferentz, the longest-tenured coach in college football right now.